You're listening to The Served Up Show, a podcast that features inspiring beverage professionals and topic experts that share their passions through meaningful content. Your hostesses, Bridget Albert, is best known as the Market Fresh Mixologist, an industry mentor with over 25 years of experience. And I'm Julie Milroy, best known for my passion for leading change and helping others grow in their careers. Grab a cocktail and sit back. Let's learn how we can make a positive impact in our industry. Hey, y'all, it's Bridget here. Welcome to a groundbreaking critical conversation series of served up podcast episodes recorded live at the vibrant Maya event at the Tales of the Cocktail. Get ready for a riveting lineup of episodes that delve deep into the heart of what the beverage industry truly cares about, from sipping on powerful discussions about diversity, equity, and belonging, to raising a glass to conversations about the oppressive shadow of censorship, and even toasting to the importance of cherishing the elders of the LGBTQ plus community, and so much more. We're here to uncork critical conversations that will leave you inspired, informed, and ready for action. So get ready, folks, because we're about to get served up a series of these conversations that will quench your thirst for knowledge, ignite your passion for progress, and leave you with a renewed sense of purpose. Let's do this. It's Bridget here. Welcome back to another episode of Served Up. We're diving into a narrative of empowerment, resilience, and community transformation. Our guest is a true advocate for change, a beacon of hope, and the visionary founder of Turning Tables, the incredible Teray Folks. Welcome to Served Up Critical Conversations. I'm your host, Bridget Albert, and we're here at Tales of the Cocktail Maya event, and so happy to be sitting here with my co-host and Teray folks. Happy to be here. Awesome. Hello, I am Julie Milroy, co-host of Served Up. Super excited to be here and especially excited to introduce Trey Folks, the executive director of Turning Tables, a local New Orleans-based nonprofit that advocates for equity in the hospitality space for black and brown communities. Just one note, to Ray. To Ray. To Ray. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> We got you. It rolls off the tongue easier after a while. (laughs) Well, we're honored to have you on our show today. But before we really dive into our critical conversations, can you tell us about yourself? And also, can you tell us more about Turning Tables and your mission? So much. Okay, here we go. Um, I'll try to keep it brief. Uh, Trey Folks, originally from New York City, born and raised along the East Coast. Um, I made my way down to New Orleans in uh, 2016 um, and started a career pathway down here in the hospitality industry that continued what started in New York. Um, 
And um, I started turning tables as the result of my own experiences, noticing um, the lack of equity and diversity in bar spaces and restaurant spaces. Um, so I partnered initially with a local nonprofit called Liberty's Kitchen. Um, and we applied for the Tales grant and we were successful in the grant. And um, then COVID hit and, um, uh, you know, as happens, programs um, get dropped. And so we were um, on the cutting board and um, I was at a point where um, I, was, I was trying to decide what was going to happen next and um, had a, a nice little gracious um, donor give us some money so that we could continue the work. And then it became our own organization, which is um, it continues to grow um, beyond just creating equity in bar spaces. We're now um, providing career pathways in the three-tier system. Wow. That's incredible work. I mean, you know, that you went from your own career to, like, really wanting to help the careers of others. What kind of systemic issues do you see that, you know, people of color and black and brown communities are faced with that maybe others aren't? I mean, I, I was watching a panel yesterday, and it's 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 common, like nationally, that um, a lot of gatekeeping. There's a lot of um, lack of representation, and, and just access is is a huge problem. So, um, one of the powers in turning tables is that I give my access, I give my connections, um, but a lot of people um, don't. So, so within the hospitality space, within um, the spirit space, I think oftentimes. Um, equity is not a thought. Um, sometimes it's to check a box, but it's not to like actually intentionally do the work of creating more equity in spaces. Mm -hmm. And sharing your social capital. Yeah. I think, I think more, if more people thought beyond like, okay, um, maybe we need a black person on this team here, as opposed to like equity would bring more to the space, would bring more to our team, would bring more to what we do. Um, that's the intention that it should come from. Yeah, 100%. Absolutely. Addressing these uh, barriers is crucial to change. Uh, absolutely. Right? Yeah. So Turning Tables is doing some really beautiful work um, for advocating around equity. Can you share some of the strategies or, like, initiatives that your organization has implemented? So um, our our bread and butter is our, our foundation I'm sorry. I don't know who's right there. It's okay. Okay, okay, okay. Um, our foundation is a 12-week program um, that we're about to start the next round, uh, round five um, for year four. Um, but it's 12 weeks, and they get a foundation in spirits, beer, wine, um, uh, cocktails, cocktail history. And six of those weeks, they will have an externship where they're placed with a mentor throughout that whole process. Um, and they're placed in restaurants throughout the city. So um, some of the people here um, are at Asperitu, Latitude, um, Jewel of the South, uh, Four Seasons. They're placed at establishments throughout the city. So um, well-known establishments, but we give them the skill sets um, to get into those spaces and also um, access to um, brand ambassadors, um, people within the community that are making change, individuals, uh, nonprofits. And then we also, um, more recently, have started working with um, brands like Sorel, Black-owned brands, to create a sales team, um, working with a local distillery called Porch Jam um, to open career pathways in distilling. So yeah. um, 
so that our alumni have other pathways besides bartending. That really is incredible. You know, when we think about creating space, especially in hospitality, sometimes we just think of like bartending or being a brand ambassador, but taking it all the way back to the liquid that we have behind the bar is a whole different skill set. When we think about hospitality, I think that that is amazing. Yeah, I mean, I think from from my own vintage point, um, when I was a bartender, I didn't think in terms of um, the process and like right. you know how that product got to me as at my bar for me to sell or for me to sell in the form of making drinks, talking, speaking to a product, um, and the whole. Um, nature of opportunities that are available to you in this industry. And I think oftentimes the average bartender in a city does not know about Tales of the Cocktail or Portland Cocktail Week or any of these kind of uh, opportunities that are in other countries and that brands provide um, because brands are not um, coming in their direction. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I do. I mean, I think that in other countries, it's hospitality is actually a profession. So there's actually a lot of support around that. Whereas here, it's just kind of, you know, a a second career that one found or a third career. And I think it's, I always say it's the, you know, it's um, like the secret golden industry that nobody really knows about. And once you dive in, you know, you could really excel. And I think having those tools and providing that program for people to like really take it through. Cause you know, even you probably learn just from taking different jobs, meeting different people. Where are, where are you guys recruiting from? Like where are a lot of your, um, you know, your participants um, coming from? Are they local or, or how do you do your recruiting? So currently it's all um, local um, New Orleanians because um, that's all that we have the real capacity for because of yeah. funds. But um, so it's um, local New Orleans at the moment. And then we work with other nonprofits um, that also do similar work. Um, such and like cross. Well, so uh, there's other nonprofits that like will give people a foundation um, with like work skills, life skills, all of those things, mm-hmm. um, soft skills, hard skills, as we call it. Um, and then we, we reach out to them. We reach out to people in the community because um, even though you have your own social media channels, we try to do things like um, word of mouth, also um, posts, um, like QR codes on and put it, place them in the community, um, talk to colleges, talk to other people to kind of um, spread the message. You got to get, get out there to spread the word um, and not rest on the laurels of like, all right, not everyone may know about you um, and, and, and kind of find where the talent is. Yeah. You know, um, I want to touch on, because you just mentioned this a bit, like, you know, going out to colleges. How do, how do you really affect that broader community outside of the industry itself to really to create that sustainable social change that needs to happen? Um, I think people are aware of what social need needs to happen. Just looking at the geography of the city, it's mostly black city or it was um, 60 to 40. It's getting closer um, to like, <laughs> like 55, 40, you know, it's 45 at the moment. But I, I think that um, looking around a mostly black city where there's not like black leaders, black people and visibility, um, that's a huge problem. People that don't own businesses, people that are not in positions of power, people that are not managers, mm-hmm. um, you know, people within this community, children, teenagers coming into careers need to see people that look like them to inspire them to enter that career pathway because hospitality really is a career. And so um, you're more likely 
um, if you go into a space as a, as a patron and you see um, people of color in that space to feel more comfortable going into that space, that, that you know, otherwise you feel like that space is not for you, you're more likely to um, aspire to work within a profession when you have someone to aspire to. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So, you know, back to, I'm sure with funding, you'd like to, you know, bring on as many um, people into the program. How much, just so that people know, and if they want to support or help or, you know, um, be a part of turning tables in, in one way or another, what is the average cost per person to put them through your program? And then, you know, per 12 month programs, it's once a year you do the program, how many people do you have? So we have about, um, generally, we're growing in size every year. Um, we're two weeks into a um, four-week application period, and we have about 40 or 50 applicants so far. Nice. So mm-hmm. by the end of that, if that doubles, um, we're selecting maybe 14 people, 12 people tops. Wow. Um, out of that, um, like we try to keep our groups small. Yeah. Um, so it's very intensive, very... Intimate. Intimate. Yeah. I love so, that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm, I myself came from small classroom learning, and I mm-hmm. think that people learn the best. This is all um, very concert, comprehensive um, information that's coming yeah. at them at all times, it's, mm-hmm. and, it's in a, and it's a lot. Um, and just to give people that time to spend with them one-on-one, hands-on training, um, to advocate for them, to mentor them, uh, I think we have to keep it small. Yeah. But that being said, we're looking at going twice a year. Um, okay. We provide free mental health care for everyone. Um, we're looking mm. to fi- provide more resources. Um, some of our um, alumni are mothers. So just those kinds of barriers, trying to prevent those kinds of mar- barriers to transportation, um, child care issues, childcare. mental health. Um, mm-hmm. And then in addition, we provide resources to our partners. So we work with local restaurants, um, to do uh, equity and inclusion training. We also work with um, organizations like Safe Bars. So mm-hmm. looking to continue the work of providing resources as well to restaurant spaces to hold accountability for how they um, act in their spaces and, and how um, they hire, fire, um, and look f- to bring more people in an equitable way. Yeah, so, so really for that 360, you know, um, resource for hospitality. Yeah. It's amazing. All these wonderful aspects of your program that you are, you know, just bringing in in such an organic way because it's necessary. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And the need is there and it's always been there. And I want to take it back just a little bit, Trey, because we didn't talk a whole lot about you and really what brought you into hospitality and how did you really wind up in this city? What brought you here? We know you moved here, but <laughs> why? You didn't tell us why. Um, I, I, uh, I am a photographer and a journalist by, by trade, like when I graduated from college. Um, and I ended up in hospitality um, right after September 11th. I think there was um, a scarcity of jobs and the ability to find work within the city. Um, and in between that time, um, I worked in uh, the Dominican Republic for a local government, uh, the Dominican government, to create um, a social economic development program to bring more um, profitability to the ecotourism in the south of the Dominican mm-hmm. Republic. And so that taught me a lot and that prepared me a lot for mm-hmm. what I'm doing 
now um, without having any kind of nonprofit experience. I think that experience um, added a layer to what I'm doing. And then worked with um, other nonprofits in New York City um, throughout that time. When I came into hospitality initially, um, I think I was very fortunate to, to find right away. Um, most people have stories about, like, I worked at Denny's or I did this or I did that. Um, I did, in the eighth grade, I was a dishwasher for a summer mm -hmm. job. But outside of that, um, I've worked in, like, some of the best restaurants in New York um, throughout my career. I've never known any other level. So um, I came in out the gate um, super, super... Um, not set up for success, but I would say like working in some of the top establishments. Um, so when I came to New Orleans, you know, you have a resume that like reads like that. Um, yeah. I was at first a manager um, for a hotel and it was a little bit corporate for me. So I decided to go another way and go into like a smaller direction, a smaller realm. Um, and during, throughout that process, I continued working with nonprofits um, to, um, to give back to the community and um, to learn a little bit more about what the New Orleans community is about. Um, and formulated the idea based on my own experiences I mentioned, um, which is kind of in a nutshell what brought me to New Orleans. Mm -hmm. um, the, the community here is amazing. Um, they're really giving. They step right up as soon as something happens. And I think they um, sometimes are more accountable than the city government is. Wow. wow. It's a really strong community. And it's fantastic that with your background and your skill set and your education that you've got you know, this knowledge that a lot of people don't have access to, right? I mean, a lot of us, even myself, we kind of fell into this industry and and then kind of started to learn a lot of kind of the, the structure behind it, but you kind of came in right from the strategic place. So you have so much to offer and then just your leadership and understanding nonprofit and bringing communities together. I mean, that's where the magic is, right? Because yeah, there's absolutely. so many people doing the work, which is fantastic. I love that so many people were inspired coming out of COVID and a lot of different organizations. But I think, you know, from what I'm hearing, you recognize the power that you have from your experience and you're exposing and, and bringing that to other people, which is fantastic. Yeah, I mean, we started before COVID. Um, yeah. I think our work was highlighted um, because no one else could pay attention to anything else. Mm -hmm. um, but um, I would say that um, I think COVID was a blessing and a curse for us in the sense mm -hmm. that, yeah, it did highlight the work that we were doing and it did bring more industry people into the mix that could um, assist us, which is um, a large part of what makes this work is being able to work with brands nationally, locally, um, yeah. restaurant partners. Um, our local restaurant partners have like really gotten us off the ground. That's great. And it's, you know, and it's the restaurant partners that also suffered the most mm -hmm. are the ones that are supporting you the most, right? So for all these brands that have so much money to do good, <laughs> right? And, and I always say that, I think the biggest opportunity in the spirits industry, when people ask me, it's, there's so much more that can be done to do good, you know, Absolutely. as lucrative as it is. So to put one of these people through your entire program, like what's the cost of that so that we can talk to brands and, and let them know like, hey, for every $10,000, you take one person through this so program. To quantify the cost, like you got to think about, um, we pay them a stipend yeah. um, for the externship experience, about $15 an hour mm -hmm. for uh, twice a week for six weeks. 
Um, mental health care costs us um, about $250 a month. Um, and then some of these other resources um, are on the cost of thousands. Oh, so yeah. like, you know, for DEI mm-hmm. training, it's, yeah. you know, $10,000. Um, but to put someone like food costs per week, you're talking, you know, about $200 a week mm-hmm. to feed people in a classroom, transportation. Yeah. Um, plus, we're not just counting also the people that are in the space, um, our curriculum writers, um, the people that are in the room all the time, um, our development team. Um, it's so much. I mean, it's so much. It's I mean, so I much. think it's just, you know, how can brands get involved? Like monetarily, right? They can they can be a sponsor. And, and, and I loved that you opened up with three tier because, you know, I'm, I'm in that second tier. So how do we get involved, you know, mm-hmm. as distributors, like what can I personally do? I think um, that's really great that you're really expanding um, the resources that are out there and not being just so focused on one piece. Yeah. I mean, so distributors, um, it's funny that you say that. Mm-hmm. Uh, we just created a rum, so uh, we would love to get it out there um, uh-huh. for sure. So, oh. um, so that's one aspect of it. Um, we didn't talk about it a little bit. I don't know if I'm d- d- detracting from your question. But, mm-hmm. you know, as we continue to innovate and create well, more things no. with, yeah, yeah. yeah the, you know, no, talk you know, about so. your yeah, 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 yeah. We want to hear everything. Uh. Because we're also, you know, there's so many collaborative programs, mm-hmm. right? Because we've just, you know, um, announced at the WSWA or Incubator Academy. And WSWA is also providing free education to get more equity of minority and woman-owned brands into this space by really providing playbooks, you know, and education, kind of like what you're doing, but very specific to having a product and distributing in in the U.S. because it's a unique system. No other country has this system. So, you know, I think there's a lot of synergies where we could support and... um, and, you know, bring that access to your customers and then even yourself as you're getting into the liquor space with your new rum. Yeah, yeah so absolutely. Like when we typically work with brands, um, brands will come and be a part of the educational piece. Um, you know, money is always good, but like mm-hmm. also expertise yeah. um, and access to some of these brand experiences. Like, you know, Patron, for instance, will send someone to Mexico. Yeah. Um, Mezcal Convite will send someone to Mexico. Um, we've had opportunities to send people to Portland and Kentucky and Tiki by the Sea and LA to all these different experiences and so all those things have costs but also um, there's opportunities for brands to like kind of um, kind of outweigh those costs for mm-hmm. us yeah. in, in different ways but <clears throat> um, but I think also just um, resources um, more importantly um, you know tools access mm-hmm. um, and within that like within our community looking at those smaller brands those are those are people that we work with um, and as we're continuing pathways, and trade advocacy, for instance. Um, We're also looking to get other people a seat at the table that are smaller-owned brands because I think Mm -hmm. um, distributors largely pay attention to their bread and butter, those uh, those knock-out-the-park that they perceive as opposed to um, if you actually think intentionally of someone that um, is invested in a product that will sell the product, um, they can equally get it out there um, and create those opportunities to put things into the market and trade. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. where can where can everyone find you and Turning Tables? Um, currently, our website, turningtablesnola.org. It's uh, Turning Tables Nola across the board, Instagram, uh, Facebook, all the things, turningtablesnola.org as our website. And um, 
you can find me in New Orleans and um, our alumni all throughout the city. Um, so have a drink with some of them while you're in town or if you come to visit, um, you'll notice um, some of their beautiful faces everywhere. It's awesome. wonderful. I do want to take just a minute just to thank you for being on Served Up here at Tales of the Cocktail. I know it's such a busy time for you (laughs) this week, so thank you for taking a moment. And I want to wish you just all of our best from the Served Up family, and I want to wish you some great health and a lot of peace. Thank you. You as well. Thanks for talking to us. You have a good day. Cheers. Thanks for listening. Served Up is brought to you by Southern Glazers Wine and Spirits. Produced by Zunu.online. Music by We Kill the Lion can be found on Spotify. Make sure to subscribe to be notified of future Served Up episodes. Cheers.